Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, there, friends in Whitecaps land, and welcome to episode 186 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I hadn't planned on bringing you another podcast so soon. If you haven't listened to Sunday's show yet on CITR Radio, episode 185 of the podcast, and get on that. Long show, lot to talk about, covered everything from RSL, Tigris injuries. Tons of stuff there. But I was sitting around Thursday night, thinking to myself, what's going to make Good Friday a great Friday? Well, obviously a Whitecaps win over Seattle Sounders on Friday night would do that. But what would make it even better? And I thought, you know what? An AFTN preview show. We haven't done one of these for a while. Steve's been wanting to, to do them all season. So I thought, yeah, let's just do one now. Without Steve. That, that's how it goes. But good news for long-time listeners. We do have a special guest this evening. We're going to bring back Predictapooch. And that will come up later in the show. Just thought I'd bring you out uh, a quick little podcast just in the build-up for the Seattle game on Friday night. Most folks are going to have today off. So just a little bit of pre-match build-up. Just get you hyped up for the game. We're going to hear my chats with Carl Robinson, David Usted and Freddie Montero during the week. Then we're also going to have some audio from the sounder side. We'll hear from head coach Brian Schmetzer, striker Jordan Morris and Osvaldo Alonso. But before we get too far ahead and before we start looking at the, the Whitecaps game against Seattle, so I want to rewind a little bit to Saturday's farce in Salt Lake City. Or Sandy, I guess, if we want to be technical about it. We talked about it on Sunday's show, whether the game should go ahead and all that snow and everything, and it was farcical conditions. As I wrote in a piece on AFTN during the week, I want to put out there right away that in no way do we blame the snow for the Whitecaps' defeat. The conditions were the same for both teams. RSL handled it way, way better. The Whitecaps' formation, the Whitecaps' lineup, the way they played, performances, lack of creativity, defensive mistakes... All of that is what contributed to the Whitecaps' defeat in RSL. But whether the Whitecaps had won, or whether the Whitecaps had lost, even if they'd drawn, just no matter what the end result of the game would have been, I would have felt exactly the same. That game should not have finished in those conditions. It should have been abandoned and continued the next day, or whenever it was possible to replay it. That didn't happen, of course. In MLS, that doesn't happen. That was the 10th snow game in MLS history. None of the previous ones had been abandoned. And when you look at the fact that Minnesota and Atlanta went ahead earlier this season in farcical conditions from the very, very start, there was no way the game was going to get abandoned. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't have been. For the safety of the players, for the spectacle of the game, for folk watching it in the stadium, for their their health and safety, comfort. That game should not have gone ahead. It should have been called off at half-time and the second half played the next day. So training at Tuesday was the, the first time of me really getting a chance to speak to the Whitecaps guys just, just about that exact situation, what they felt should it have gone ahead. So we're going to hear now from me asking Carol Robinson, David Usted and Freddie Montero, should the snow game have gone ahead or should it have been called off? Here's what they had to say. 
It's a tough outing at the weekend. Obviously, yeah. the conditions didn't help. Yeah, they're the same for both teams. Yeah. But is that a game like in the UK? A game like that would not have finished. No, it wouldn't. And I spoke to referee Toledo afterwards, and uh, um, we both agreed maybe it shouldn't have finished. Should have finished, but. Um, it was the same for both teams. I didn't use it as an excuse. I changed my squad because of the Champions League game on Wednesday. Uh, the first goal was always going to win it. And I actually thought when they scored the first goal, we probably had our best 15 minutes of the game. And uh, goals change games. So we have to accept it. We move on. Uh, but we look forward to Friday night. Did you push at all for the game to get called off? Or once it's gone, is that it just... I probably couldn't get my hands all my, out of my pockets. They were yeah, so cold, cold and my feet were frozen. <laughs> um, but I said to the guys, don't use it as an excuse. So I couldn't actually then go and sit in a big warm box um, when I've challenged my players. And my players responded very well. Um, disappointed we conceded three goals. I don't think it was a 3-0 game. Uh, the conditions didn't help. But as I said, we'll, we'll wipe that one away. And we'll look forward to Friday. But uh, it should have been called off. Bouncing back from the weekend, it, it was tough out there. Obviously, the conditions weren't great. Is that a game, like in Europe, these kind of games would get abandoned? Is that something that's a bit different here, that something like that maybe wouldn't go ahead? Do you think it should have gone to the end? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I said afterwards that that game was more about handling the conditions than it was playing soccer. Uh, they did that a lot better than we did. Um, I think for for the sake of, 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 of soccer, for the sake of, of what people are actually watching, uh, a game would have been better uh, not in, in five uh, inches of snow or, or whatever was out there. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's the same for both teams and we weren't good enough uh, to, to, to handle it. When you played in a game like that on Saturday, the, the pitch conditions were obviously terrible. What's it like for a striker that likes to play with his, the ball at his feet? Yeah, it, it, it was different. Uh, uh, I wish uh, the referee just uh, tried to postpone the game, but uh, uh, we didn't. Uh, yeah, it's it's not nice to play in those conditions, but the 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 field was for both teams. Uh, unfortunately, they scored the first goal, and that gave them the motivation to keep going and just to play one way, long balls. And for us, uh, yeah, it was the opposite give us like less confidence and, and yeah I, I think uh, that's a game to forget like really fast because right now we are going to have an important game and it's going to give us like the plus that we need winning at home winning a rival team and uh, it's going to be the first one for the Cascadia Cup as well. So Robo, Oustead and Montero there just talking about the snow game and it was just ridiculous that in this day and age when MLS is wanting to be considered one of the top leagues in the world, you're putting that spectacle out for a worldwide audience. Just, yeah, never ever going to agree that that should happen, orange ball or not. And we all love an orange ball. Anyway, as Montero said there, Got to move on quickly. What's in the past is in the past. Put that game behind us as quick as we can. Get on to the next one. And they don't come much bigger than a Cascadian derby. Seattle Sounders coming to BC Place on Friday night. Both teams right now sitting out with the, the playoff places. Obviously very, very early to, to start talking about red lines and playoff spots and everything like that. But both the Whitecaps and the Sounders have played five games apiece. Sounders currently sit in 7th in the West, just outside the playoff spots, tied in 6 points with the LA Galaxy. Galaxy have 2 wins though to Seattle's 1. And everyone's saying that the defending MLS Cup champions have had a slow start to the season, struggling a little bit. 1 win, 3 draws, 1 defeat. So only 1 loss in those 5 games. 7 goals, 4, 6 against. That's not that bad a start, and considering how they started last year... Definitely not a bad start at all. And when you look at the Whitecaps, five games, one win, one draw, three defeats. I know which record I'd rather have. Just two points between the teams just now. Whitecaps sitting on four points in 10th spot, second bottom in the West. Six goals to their credit. Kind of average for, for how the season's played out in the West. The most worrying thing, though, is they have the second worst goals against record already in the Western Conference. 
It would take some doing to catch the worst team, Minnesota, on 22 goals conceded. But the Whitecaps, 10 conceded, averaging 2 goals conceded a game. 3 conceded last Saturday in Salt Lake. 2 against LA the week before. 2 against Toronto before that. 3 in San Jose before that. Not ideal. We had been kind of hanging our hat on the fact that we'd only conceded one goal with 11 men on the pitch. That was then blown out of the water, the icy snowy water, in RSL last Saturday. There's no doubting that with the the firepower that Seattle hold, their super dangerous attack, the the triple threat really of Clint Dempsey, Nicholas Lodero and Jordan Morris, the Whitecaps defence is going to really have to be at their best to, to keep them out. We'll look a little bit more about that as we get into the podcast, but we're going to get back to some of the audio now. Headed along to training on Tuesday, very quiet training on Tuesday. Basically, it was me and the, the Whitecaps video team. So here's my chat with Carl Robinson from training on Tuesday. Some of you might have seen this already on the Whitecaps website. If you have, we're going to bring it to you again. And if you haven't, we're going to bring it to you for the first time. So just me chatting to Robo, basically... About the game coming up, some injury woes, the the fact that there is only one real striker just now in Freddie Montero with any MLS experience, does that kind of push him to, to pull the trigger a little bit quicker and spend some of this time that they've got, some of this gam that they've got, and to, to bring in a, a new face or two before the transfer window closes? So let's hear what he's had to say. Here's Caps head coach, Carl Robinson. Big game coming up, obviously, on Friday. Another Cascadian derby. Yep. They come thick and fast. What's your thoughts heading into the game? It's a great game. Uh, we know that there's a big rivalry between the two teams, the three teams, um, but us and Seattle, closest neighbours. We know we've got, um, you know, get ourselves up for these occasions. Uh, form goes out the window. Uh, we both had OK sluggish stats. Um, but it's three points and as I said we've got to make sure we approach the game full of confidence we've got to approach the game um, with the right mentality mindset uh, and give it our all like we did maybe last week It's a tough outing at the weekend 3-5-2 <laughs> formation I, yeah. I mean I, I've wanted three at the back for a while maybe didn't work uh, as well as it could have done but yeah. what, what was behind the thinking of that? Personnel we had we had uh, the only winger we had available was uh, Christian Tachira and uh, Boller had picked up a little injury. Um, Alfonso had picked up a little groin. Obviously, Breck Shea's out. Eric Atado's out. I wanted to get two forwards on the pitch with Nico and um, Freddie Montero. And Christian has played very well in two games. So I want my two centre-backs on Wednesday night and on Saturday were arguably the best players, along with Matthias Laba. So I wanted to keep some fluidity in the team. Um, and it was easy to go to three. And we've looked at it numerous times um, during periods of games. And I just thought it was right to try it on Saturday. And... It worked to an extent. Uh, it gave us problems in certain areas, um, but there were some positives to come out of it. I know we conceded three goals, but when we made the change at 1-0, we went after the game. We probably played our best football when Maro come on and the bug come on. Um, but obviously, then we conceded two, two poor goals, really. One off a corner and obviously a, uh, a guy unable to turn in the box. And you, you don't want to give up on something just after what, one outing. Is it something you would like to try again? I know yeah. WFC2 went through the yeah. back as well. Well, yeah, they asked, Richard asked, uh, asked Gordon and asked me, and I said, yeah, I'm open to that. It depends on personnel. We will try it again. Um, you know, we've got to find a way to try and win a couple of away games. Um, we went after it at San Jose. Uh, we went after it uh, again at Salt Lake. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work, and uh, you can say it didn't work, but there were some aspects of the game that really pleased me, so... If we score the first goal, the game changes. Once it starts snowing, then uh, football goes out the window. And, you know, I know Mikey talked about grit and uh, who wanted it more and things. My players wanted it. It was just the first goal and and clever to them. They got it. Um, Credit to them. They got it. And we didn't. How is Bowler's injury? Yeah, it's um, it, it's a niggle. Uh, again, he, he played two games last week against LA and um, Tigres fantastically well as well. And, you know, he, he felt it after the game. So I didn't want to risk him uh, in Salt Lake. And as it turned out, it was the smartest decision I made with regards to the conditions. Um, but he trained today. Um, he's still touch and go for the weekend. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how he is tomorrow. And then on Thursday, we'll 
have a good assessment. But we need Boller. Uh, we've got Jordi missing at the moment. Nico's back fit, which is good. He got 90 minutes under his belt. But uh, we're just banged up a little, bit, a little bit at the moment. It's kind of crazy how the injuries have hit you so far, especially yeah. like Jordi and with Brett coming in and then being out injured. I know you're always looking to strengthen the team, but yeah. is that increasing the urgency to get someone in? Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm always looking. Uh, I say that to you all the time, and uh, it's probably increased a little bit more in the, in the last week since Breck went down after Tigres. We've got Eric out. Obviously, Jordi's out. Uh, so yes, it is. But you know, we'll make the right decision for the club. We won't make a knee-jerk reaction. I won't just sign anyone for the sake of it. The targets that I've identified, I've been looking at a number of weeks, um, and we've got some flexibility to do it. So uh, I'd like him in sooner rather than later. We know we've got big game Friday, and then we've got four tough away games. Um, but you can't do nothing about the schedule sometimes, even though some teams can. Are you looking within the league for a player, or is it someone that might come in from elsewhere? Uh, a bit. Both, to be honest. We, we've identified one or two targets within the league that we know that might be available, but also outside the league. But it's it's difficult outside the league because players need to be out of contract, free out of contract, or you need to try and get them on loan. Um, the, the season in Europe is coming to the end, so you know some players want a rest. What's important is we make sure we try and get someone who's fit because we can't have a player that comes in and takes four, five, six weeks to get fit because in six weeks, then hopefully three or four of our starters will be back. So then we'll be log jammed and I don't really want to do that either. So Robbo there talking about a number of things in the build-up to the Seattle game on Friday night. The Whitecaps' defence is certainly going to be stretched. There's no doubt about that. As mentioned, the threat from Morris, Ladero and Dempsey is going to be a massive one. We haven't really seen a lot this season to suggest that they're, the, the Caps are going to really handle that. I do expect a very experienced backline in there. Usted, obviously the goalkeeper... They should be going back to their more traditional 4-2-3-1 formation this week. Shannon Williams should be back in as the right-back. Centre-back pairing of Kendall Waston and Tim Parker. Jordan Harvey should return in the left-back spot as well after resting last week and not travelling. As we mentioned though in some previous shows, Harvey isn't having the the best of seasons, so a lot is going to be expected from that defence. And I do think they are possibly going to attack Harvey's side in the match and try and see that as a potential weakness. I'm expecting a two-man defensive shield of Tony Chani and Matty Laba. Big question, of course, is what Matty Laba are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that was outstanding for the last half hour in the game against LA? The guy that got two goals, the guy that was box-to-box, an attacking threat, strong defensively. Playing alongside Chani, the pair of them just taking turn about going up and down the pitch. That's what we want to see. What we don't want to see is the Matty Laba that we saw in RSL. Reckless tackles, not tracking back, not really looking that dangerous offensively, picking up an early booking, lucky to stay in the pitch with a couple of other reckless tackles that went unpunished. If the Whitecaps can't keep 11 men on the pitch for this game, then it's game over. It's going to be hard enough with 11. It's going to be near impossible, I think, if they go down to 10. And one of the busiest white caps on Friday night is likely to be David Usted in the in the Caps goal. So I had a chance to speak to him as well at training on Tuesday, just talking about what this game means to him and a, a few other things. So let's hear now from the great Dane himself, David Usted. A big game coming up on on Friday night, bouncing back from everything that happened at the weekend. Just what what are you expecting from another Cascadian derby? A lot of fight, a lot of um, hopefully good soccer for the fans. Uh, And then a Whitecaps team that's uh, going at it from uh, from minute one. It's it's massively important uh, for us as players, for this club, uh, but especially for the fans. Uh, we know that this uh, Cascadia Cup is is on the line uh, all season, and we uh, we really want to win it for our fans, uh, and we want to win it for ourselves. Uh, and on top of that, it's three points that uh, that we need in the standings. Uh, they're coming to our place, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have to make it uncomfortable for them. Does it add any added spice knowing that it's the MLS Cup? 
openers that's coming now, especially with it being a local rival. Do you want to get one over for that aspect? Uh, I mostly want to get one over because it's a rival. Uh, they won the, uh, the, the uh, MLS Cup uh, last year. Is, is, uh, kudos to them. I think they went uh, and, and did a good run in the playoffs. But uh, I want to beat Seattle because it's Seattle is coming in. And I know how much it means to our fans and, and uh, how much it means to, to this team. With the injuries that the team's had just now, it's like one of the unluckiest spells I've ever seen the whole time I've covered the team here. Is the depth there just now to get through this tough spell, or does it need a, a little bit of injection, maybe some fresh faces? Uh, you know, luck and unluck uh, is, is always exactly viewed. Uh, uh, we have to look at what we are, what we're missing, but. As I said before, it gives a chance to the guys who are on the outside that uh, is looking in that they get in there now and they have to take the chance. So they can only answer that question. They'll show with their ability in there if, if we've got enough depth. So David is stayed there. We need Tim to really be at his best. I mean, he... He's made a couple of mistakes already this season. They haven't really been that badly punished, but we need him to be on his A game. We need the Usted that's making world-class saves, just unbeatable. Have that, then it's going to give us a chance. Another big key for the Whitecaps is just can they get anything going creatively in the middle of the park? There was nothing, nothing there at all against RSL. The creativity was non-existent. The front pairing of Mosquito and Montero were getting just no service at all. Montero's been on an island so much already this season. I think we're going to see, across the middle, Alfonso Davies back in, rested hopefully, back to his top, top dangerous self, tearing up the right wing. Kristen Teixeira, hopefully building on his excellent display against LA in the last home game two weeks ago, on the left wing. And in the centre of the park, I'd love to see Christian Bolanius in there. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Robo has basically said that he's a game day decision. If he's good to go, he's going to get the start as a number 10. If he's not, it's going to be Nicholas Mosquita. So I'm expecting to see Nicholas Mosquita. Bola has been training this week, but he picked up an injury, another knee injury, at the end of the Tigris game. And they were... Taking precautions, they didn't get him to travel down to RSL last week, which was very sensible, because playing in those conditions would have just possibly killed him and had him out for weeks. And We can't afford to have any more long-term injuries at all with the offensive guys that we've got down just now. So I think Mosquito will get the start. I do have concerns about that, but there really isn't anyone else available. The only other guy that could possibly play a decent number 10 is Marco Bustos, he went down injured at training this week as well, just adding to the Caps' injury woes. Mosquera seems to struggle when he gets the start, and he definitely seems to be have more of an impactful role when he comes on as a sub. But he's going to get the start, I'm thinking, unless Bola can be cleared. If Bola can be cleared, then he's not ideal in the number 10 position, but I think he's the best that we have just now. With Jordi Reyna out, Breck Shea's out, Eric Hurtado's out, our offensive options are really, really limited. Montero's obviously going to start up front. Very emotional game for Montero. It'd be interesting to see what goes through his mind if, if he talked about that. Like, what his Friday is like. The build-up to the game, knowing that he's facing his old team, facing old friends, old teammates, the supporters are there. There's definitely going to be a lot for him to cope with. There's been a lot of attention on him this week, obviously. First game back in MLS to face his old team. I mean, he left the Sounders in 2012. It's not that he is just freshly coming back to, to play against them. He's had spells in Colombia and Portugal and China since then. Now, now he's in Canada with the Whitecaps. But everyone's going to want to see how he does. A lot of pressure on him, not just from that aspect, but the fact that really he is the last man standing just now, the last striker standing for the Whitecaps. They need him to perform. They need him at his best. Will we get that? Well, well, we'll soon find out. But I've got a chance to speak to Freddie at training on Tuesday as well. So let's just hear our chat with him now. Big game coming up on Friday, facing your old team. What, uh, what's going through your head just now emotionally? 
Well, of course, uh, looking uh, like three or four days before the game, and I'm just uh, wondering how is that feeling going to be uh, for me and for for all the people that they used to uh, be supporting me. But uh, to be honest, it's not going to be any different than the other games. I would like to win. I'm going to do everything I have to win this game. But it's going to be special, that's that's for sure. Did you ever foresee coming back to MLS and playing against Seattle? <clears throat> well, um, I left Seattle five, six years ago um, and always have a, a mind to, to come back to MLS. But uh, this is the situation that I am. I'm defending uh, the colors of a different team which uh, I'm proud of, and, and I guarantee you I'm going to do everything I can, everything I have on my power to help my teammates to win this game and the next game. But when you look at what you've like tweeted out and stuff over the years, you've, you've kept in touch with how Seattle's done, you've followed their progress. How do you look back at, at how they've sort of moved on as a club from when you were with them? Well, of course, I still have friends. Um, it was an organisation that uh, I helped a little bit to build up the name and and all the uh, the trophies that they had in the beginning. I, I helped a little bit as well, but to be honest, I'm I'm not thinking about my past with Sounders. I'm just focused on this game and what I can do better from my last game with the team because uh, every single player needs to be 100% and focused. Uh, it's it's a rivalry game, yes. But uh, we need to get three points at home. And do, do you see the team has made big steps in the league since you were you were playing with them? Yes, for sure. Now we're trying to adjust uh, every single new piece that we have in the team. Uh, we're trying to uh, put the style of, of the coach that we are doing in practice, which is with the ball, try to pass to try to have more one-on-one um, <clears throat> -on, -one on the wingers. And that's something that even the result is not there, but we're trying to build that confidence. And of course, it's going to come. I, I said in the past that I believe in the process. We are going to keep working hard. And uh, I know the result is going to come. And the, the service that you've been getting, it's, it's been good some games, not so good other games. Do you feel you would maybe benefit playing with a, a big striker and f alongside if you're a big front man that can maybe head the ball down and give you stuff to play off? Well, so far, no complaints. I know what kind of player we have in this team. I know that, uh, of course, uh, we always want more. But at the same time, we know that uh, I just got here a month ago, a month and a half, and, and the season is going to be super long. There is more games to come and important games as well. And I know through my career that it's not important how you start the competition, it's how you finish and, and the goal, the first goal for this team is to make the playoffs. So that's something that we're looking for. You've been on the uh, Cascadia rivalry side for a number of years. In fact, the first, the last goal you scored in MLS before joining Vancouver was against Vancouver. Did you ever see yourself <laughs> on the other side of this uh, Cascadia? Back then, no. <laughs> nah, nah. And I, I really enjoy my time playing and scoring goals and in these kind of games because they are unique, special in, in MLS. And uh, yeah, today is a, a new day. Uh, I'm with, with Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm proud to be here and of course I'm going to do my best to win this game. And with the injuries to Brexit, Eric Hurtado, do you feel any added pressure as really being the, the main striker left? Well... It's all the same. Uh, I feel bad because uh, as a player, as a teammate, they are important part of this team. Uh, when you have all the, the, the players like healthy, they can compete for a um, position. But uh, yeah, they, they are going to recover and they are going to be back in the team. And of course, they are going to give us everything that they have as well.
So Freddie Montero there talking all things Seattle Sounders clash and Cascadia Cup clashes. Like I said, a lot of pressure on him to perform. We need him at his best. We need him linking up well with Davies. We need we need to kind of get the the spark that we saw from the Davies Montero connection in the Red Bulls Champions League game. If we can get that back with Teixeira hopefully finding form again at the left wing, that's what's going to give the Whitecaps a chance. An early goal for me is going to going to be crucial in this. There's been talk before the game: is Montero going to celebrate if he scores? Clearly, he's not. And I, I can't fault him for that. It, it's a nice mark of respect. But I do hope that if he does score, it's at the end that the Sounders fans are at. And although he might not celebrate, you can be damn sure that if Kendall Watson's got anything to do with it, he's going to be giving it big time to the, the Sounders fans as well. So let's hear a little bit now from the Sounders. We've got some audio from some training scrums that they did on Wednesday. We're going to kick things off with head coach Brian Schmetzer. In his second season, his first full season with Seattle, it's hard for a head coach, I guess, to kind of come in, win your MLS Cup in your first appointment, and then somehow have to follow that up. But there's a lot of pressure on Seattle, a lot of pressure on Schmetzer, just to show that he's not a one-hit wonder. So here's a bit of the, the, the chat he had with Seattle media on Wednesday. And it's a bit painful at times. I've got to say, I cut some of it out. My wife was listening to this going, what are they talking about? What are they asking him? It started off with him talking about some guy being on a diet, so I cut all that stuff out. But, I mean, I'm I'm critical sometimes of the, the media in Vancouver and some of the questions they've got and their lack of soccer knowledge. Seems to be a lot worse in Seattle now that Matt Pence and some of the other good guys have left from down there. But let's hear now from Seattle Sounders head coach... Brian Smitzer. I guess we're thinking, uh, traveling up to Vancouver. What do, what do you know about the, the Whitecaps? It's like they're kind of struggling so far this year. We know Freddie Montero, yep. Rosales. Uh, they got some good players. I mean, look, they put a lot of effort and energy into Champions League, and so that's always deceptive, deceiving, you know, how much energy you put in different competitions uh, where you focused on that versus MLS play. Coaches will tell you that, yeah, you can do both, but there is some subtleties that you have to be aware of. Um, you know, the snow game, I mean, you're going to probably throw that one out, right? Because I don't know how people could play in that. I mean, we saw the snowballing incident. I mean, that was pretty funny. Um yeah, so they're they're not in a great shape, but it's a dangerous team. Coach, what's, what's Roman Torres' status? Day to day. Is there anything else? Strained hamstring, day to day. What's it going to be like going against you know the club's all-time leading scorer, there, Freddie Montero? Different you know, Freddie's a good guy. Uh, I always had a good relationship with him. I think everybody in the team respects what Freddie's done in his career. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But once the whistle blows, it's you know. It's, it's, he's the enemy. Have you had a chance to talk to him since he signed up there? Uh, before he went up there, we had a little conversation, but not after. Was that leading up to his signing? Did you guys talk about it at all? Well, we just talked about stuff in general because he was in town. Just coffee. How his wife and kids are doing. Stuff like that. What do Carl Robinson's teams feature? What are characteristics? Well, I always think Carl's a pretty, you know, organized, disciplined coach. You know, they, 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 you know, some version of a four-two-three-one similar to us. Um, you know, it's always been always been challenging games. Let's put it that way. Not just because it's you know, good team, good team, but you add on top of that, it's the rivalry game, and you know, it's always been good. With him not traveling, everybody in that snow game against RSL, do you draw a line through it and look at look at the Toronto and the LA matches? Yeah, we'll try and again watch film and get whatever useful bits of information we can out of each game that they've played and, you know, try and devise a game plan for them. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the Portland-Seattle rivalry and the Seattle-Vancouver rivalry? Vancouver, in that A-League and USL era, was very high-quality side um, versus Portland was more of a fierce fan rivalry. 
yeah, it's interesting. You know, you could say that maybe the soccer is a little different than the two cities competing against each other, the two fan bases. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's been some... Look, I've told a Zach Scott story about when we had that one preseason game where Zach got a red card in the first three minutes. I mean, there's been some heated games against Vancouver as well. Um, you know, I think everything is kind of cyclical. I mean, the, the Whitecaps have been up, and then they come down, Portland up, down, we up, down. I mean, it's, it's been cyclical. Right now, you know, Portland won in 2015, we won in 16. You know, maybe that has something to do with it. I mean... We're gonna we're gonna get Vancouver's best effort though. I, I can I can guarantee you that. Seems as though Kakuda sort of always saved his best for you guys <laughs> over the last couple of years. Yeah, like like Wondolowski. A little bit like Wondolowski. Uh, whenever you look at the team sheets on Friday, are you gonna? Is there any relief that he's not gonna be over there, given how he has sort of? Well, he's he's certainly a good player, but it, again, it's a team game, and Carl has a lot of different weapons. So, I mean, whatever the whatever decision was made, that's their decision. How do you think it changes what they do, not having any option? Uh, well, I mean, you know, they, they might play a little more possession because he's an out-and-out speed guy, but they still got some fast guys on the team. I mean, they, 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 they still do, so it, it won't change them that much. Uh, you know, sometimes when you lose a player, coaches are, you know, just trying to look for something. You know, maybe there was a contract issue that I'm, that I'm unaware of. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the 16-year-old Davies and playing against He's a fast guy. Davies is pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so, you know, they, they'll still play somewhere. Yeah. Coach, speaking of uh, the Vancouver rivalry, last year's match in Vancouver finished 10 aside. How are, as a coach, what are the challenges of getting your guys ready for such a big rivalry match, making sure they're amped up, but also playing with the composure you talked about last year? Uh, you're talking about the one where Brad kind of... Yeah, semi tried to. Yeah. Well, that was a one-off. I mean, Brad was not trying to headbutt him. So I mean, he was you know trying to get out of my face, and maybe it was a little too violent. But you know, again, referees have a hard job, so we're we're way past that. So Brian Smiths are there. Not the the greatest coaches interview that you're that you're ever going to hear. And you can feel free to criticise the questions that I ask in scrums as well. I mean, that's what I'm here for. It's like if people are critical, I take that on board. But that that was a that was a painful listen. It did get better though when the players spoke, and we're going to hear from two of them now. We're going to hear from a guy that's definitely going to be a danger man against Vancouver on Friday night, striker Jordan Morris. And we're also going to hear from the Cuban assassin, Osvaldo Alonso, really good friend of Freddie Montero. And just before I spoke to Freddie at training on Tuesday, he was actually texting with Ozia Alonso. So still good friends. I'm sure they've got a bit of banter going for this game coming up. And that was the, the topic all the guys wanted to know. What's it going to be like facing Freddie Montero again? And as you'll hear from this, to them, Montero's not an issue at all. So here's Seattle Sounders Jordan Morris and Ozzy Alonso. A lot, obviously, a lot of different things, like big picture stuff is different. You know, Schmetzer's head coach coming off the MLS Cup. But what, like, for you is different about the beginning of this season to last season, like in terms of how you feel, your confidence, like comfortable? Yeah, I definitely feel more comfortable with the guys and, you know, having a year under my belt is, is great. Um, obviously, maybe there's some games that we wish we could have won and um, personally finishing a few more chances, but I think that'll come as the season comes on and, you know, we're not we're not in any panic or worry at all and I'm um, just excited to play this weekend. So. You haven't, like, this is the first time you kind of played with Nico and Clint, like, regularly as well and you've got, you know, a couple guys moving in and out. Like, how is that kind of attacking partnership you know working out so far how is it like changing and adapting yeah I mean I think it's always tough that's the toughest part of the game obviously is to put together um, attacking movements and score goals and stuff so um, a lot of new faces I think with Harry out there and, and obviously Clint coming back which both obviously such great players but 
still, I think, finding that chemistry. And it's tough also playing a lot of games away from home. Um, I don't know why that is, that it's so so much harder to play away from home. But, um, you know, I think as the season goes on, it'll all come together. What seems to characterize matches between Seattle and Vancouver in, in your, you know, that you can remember from last year? Yeah, it's a big, big rivalry. Um, both the games last year for us were like must, must win games uh, kind of towards the end of the season. So they were intense and can be scrappy at, at points, but you just got to battle and fight. And, um, you know, I think we scored two late goals in both those, you know, late goal in both those games to pull out the win. So we know that things might be tough at first, but just keep fighting and keep working hard. What's, the, what's like the difference between playing against Portland and playing against Vancouver from what you played last year? Um, in terms of like the rivalry uh, atmosphere, all that. Yeah, I don't know. I think both pretty intense. Maybe when you go to Portland, you feel it a little bit more, the, the rivalry with the, the fans and stuff like that. Um, definitely a little closer to you. So I think just that atmosphere is pretty intense, but both, both big rivalries. As far as season momentum goes, what does the potential to go up there and get three points represent for kind of kickstarting the season? Yeah, big. Um, you know, we've only had one win this season. We want to get some more. These next two road games are, are big. If we could get some wins out of that, that'll be big later on the season. We have, you know, the home games to catch up on. So um, I, we don't we don't mind playing on the road. We go up there with the same mentality as if we're. I mean, you change a few things, but go out there and try and take the game to them and um, hopefully get the three points. Do you have any memories of? seeing Freddie Montero play here for the Sounders when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. He was a great player, um, scored a lot of goals, obviously. Um, someone that I can can learn some stuff from is, is movement in the box and stuff like that. So it would be weird to see him on the other side of the um, other side of the field, but excited to play against him. Has that been talked about in the locker room at all before this? No, not really. Yeah. yeah. you like uh, this weekend going against your old pal Freddie Montero? You know, we, like I said, you know, Freddy's my goal now. We, we're here in, in Seattle, no? It's going to be battle, but like I say, we're going there to, to find a way to get the three point. No matter no matter how we go out there, we got to get a three point. Well, it seems kind of different, though, seeing Freddie in a different uniform on the other side of the field, not playing with you guys. You know, he's part of the, the soccer, you know. Sometimes you're here, sometimes you're there, you know. Now he, he's in Vancouver, but like I say, we're focusing on our gang and our team, you know. The best we can do is go down and find a three-point. Three Does it ever feel like an advantage playing against the guy that you trained against for recent years? No, the, the guy is different. You know, Frey is a quality player. You know, he, he plays here, he plays in Euro. You know, he's, he's a good player, you know. But the guy is different. You got to approach and you have to play really, really hard to, you know, to, to get the ball and, you know, be close to him because he's a good player. Have, have you talked to him much since he's been up? Back in Vancouver and back in Major League Soccer, have you had a chance to chat with him or anything? Yeah, we sent a couple of texts, we talked, yeah, you know, but, you know, I always, you know, I got to play with Freddie because it's a good play, you know. But like I say, now a different team, we have to go there, you know, play for, for our team, you know. And what was it like going against Vancouver? I know they've been struggling, they played their last game in a blizzard. Uh, but what do you expect up there when you guys go to PC play? Every time we go there, it's going to be, you know, hard game. You know, always tough to, to play down there, but we we are going there to, to find a way to, to win the game, you know, play our game, you know, it's going to be tough, but, you know, our mentality, our, our team is ready to go to get a three-point. Ozzy, what is that game when you guys go up there on the road in terms of what you guys are trying to do? Is it all possession? End goal is the win, but how do, do you do that? Yeah, you know, it's tough, you know, when you play away, but, you know, our mentality is, you know, play the same. If we play here or away, we have to try to keep the ball, keep the tempo, you know, find a way to score goal to win the game. But like I say, no matter where we play, we have to play the same game when we play here in Central League. Chemistry, we've talked about that. Feeling good about the chemistry of the team now. It's just a matter of the results coming through in that uh, <laughs> lower third, the last third. Yeah, you know, we have to find a, you know, clean Jordi Nico to find a way to, to score goal, you know. They are, they are a good player, you know. but. Like I said before, we have to play as a team. You let them play, go to the field. You let them play, push hard to, to win the game. And does that just happen sometimes? Everybody's trying, everybody's trying to get there, and once in a while in soccer, the goals just come. I mean, it's just a matter of being patient. Is that part of it? Yeah, you know, sometimes you you, you play you play good, you have a chance, you, you don't score, and you, you walk away with, the, with zero goal. But, you know, you have to keep patient, you know, kid you, you can. You have to 
play like 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 you play always, you know, and try to find a way to to score, to score goal. Play again is the more important thing, you know. Keep the patient. So Jordan Morris and Ozzy Alonso there, and. I hope all the fans listen to Morris and take that as a rallying call. The feeling is that the the fans in Portland give it a bigger rivalry. He doesn't feel that it's as intense atmosphere, as intense pressure when they're playing Vancouver. So make sure you give him a really hard time at the game tonight. Make sure that you turn it up to 10. Let's make BC Place, I don't want to say Fortress, because I wrote the piece about how far score it is with it, the way the results are, but let's make it an intimidating atmosphere. Let's make it difficult for these teams coming to BC Place and let Jordan Morris know he is in a derby game, he is in a fierce rivalry game, and that he's not going to want to come and play at BC Place. So as I mentioned, it's going to be a really, really tough one for Vancouver to try and get anything out of this. have to say my prediction is... N- Pretty gloomy. I think it's maybe going to be a, a 2-0 or a 3-0 Seattle victory. But don't just take that from me. We're bringing back an old friend of the show. We've been asked to bring back Predictapooch a lot over the last couple of years. So that's exactly what we're now doing. So we dug out the old guy, get some predictions going. So let's hear how that went. The return of Predictapooch. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. It's been a while, but I think it is time to bring back Predictor Pooch. So with the big Kiskiria Cup game coming up on Friday, we thought we would get Predictor Pooch out of retirement He's getting a little bit old now, but I think he's still up for doing this. So for those of you that, that haven't heard Predictapooch before, he doesn't talk, he's a dog. But what we're going to do, we're going to put three of his toys on the ground. One will represent Vancouver Whitecaps, one will represent Seattle Sounders, and one will represent the draw. And then whichever toy he brings back to us is going to be the result of the game on Friday night. So what we've got, to represent the white caps, we have got a squeaky hamburger toy. You can kind of hear that there. I hope that's piqued his interest. He's kind of curious now. So if he brings that back, that's going to be a white caps win. Didn't have anything that was triangular, otherwise we would have picked up. What we've got to represent Seattle is a green peanut toy that also squeaks. Oh, he likes that noise as well. So if he brings that back, then that is going to be a Seattle win. And obviously we need to get something for the draw. So I'm just kind of looking through to see what else of his we have that squeaks here. And this kind of squeaks a little bit. It's a little bit broken, but it kind of makes a little bit of a noise. Since it's Easter, this is an orange egg-shaped toy. So what we're going to do, we're going to put all three of them at the end of the hallway here. And if he brings back the the burger, it's going to be a Whitecaps win. If he brings back the green peanut, it's going to be a Seattle win. And if he brings back the orangey egg, it's going to be a drawn out. Bailey, come on, Predictor Butch, get back. Bailey's his, his real name. Predictor Butch is just his stage name. So we're going to get my wife to guard the toys. And then I'm going to set him off and he's going to go and get them. So on the count of three, three, two, one, and he's gone for a toy that's behind him. So let, let's just recap here, Bailey. You're going to get one of these toys, okay? Three, two, one, go fetch, go fetch. What's he going to get? He's heading over to them just now. Oh, he he made a beeline straight for the, the green peanut right away. No doubt at all. Went for the green peanut. I'm sorry, Caps fans. That's a Seattle win. Until next time, from Predictor Pooch. Over and out. We're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. 
So Predictor Pooch there going for the Seattle win like myself, like father, like son. He's kind of growling a little bit in the background here. I don't think he's happy with having to pick Seattle, but I think he he let his his head override his heart on this occasion. But that is it for this episode of the podcast, our special Seattle pregame show. Hope you've enjoyed it. We are planning on bringing you back some more pregame shows over the season. We're also hoping to do something a little bit special on Friday night after the game. I do have some stuff I need to work on for the MLS website. So as soon as that's done, hopefully round about the 10.30 mark, 11 o'clock at the very, very latest, we're going to bring you a live show on Mixler. We're also going to release that as a podcast on Saturday, so that'll be episode 187. So watch out for that. We'll, We'll tweet out all the details, how you can find it, how you can listen live. We want you to take part in that. We want you to kind of send in your post-game thoughts. If you've not done a live post-game show before, we hope to have audio as well. If we can get that going from both locker rooms, maybe get a few special surprise guests dropping in as well. And remember to tune in on Sunday on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM and CITR.ca online. We're going to be bringing you a live round table from 11pm I think we're going to keep it going for two hours. We're going to go 11pm to 1am. Again, that'll be released as a podcast during the week. What we're going to do, we're going to release the two hours as two separate podcasts, 188 and 189. The plan right now is to kind of have a first hour state of the white caps, and then a second hour we're going to look at things like the Canadian Premier League, the World Cup bid that was announced, and, and some other non-white cap stuff. So we've got a few guests lined up for that. It's going to be five or six of us in the studio. If you can't listen to it live, like I say, the podcast will be released in two parts over the next week. We're going to send out a survey just to kind of gauge some fans' opinions on some matters as well. So watch for the tweets of that. Try and get that filled in and we're going to use that and talk about that on the show on Sunday. You'll find the details of all this on Twitter at AFTN Canada. But for now... That's it for this episode. Have a great Good Friday. Have a great Easter. Most of all, enjoy, hopefully, a Whitecaps win. Not that hopeful, but let's hope we can enjoy a Whitecaps win on Friday night. Thanks for listening. Take care. And as always, mon the Caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then... There must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.